to a new episode of Supplycast, the podcast from the Healthcare Supply Association. Today I'm joined by John Ellsmore Wickens and Chris Furry from Lifecycle. Hello, Chris. Hello, John. Hey, Bruce. Hi, Bruce. Uh, first thing I notice is usually when I've been doing these, there's been, if it's been more than two people, which isn't very often, so me and one other person, but when there has been, everyone's been dotted, we've done our, our panel discussion, everyone's been dotted in their own little home offices or, or, or kitchens or wherever. But I'm actually looking at two people without masks in the same room. And it's quite, it's, it's quite, it's quite bizarre. I've just realised I'm looking at two, two men, no masks, same room. What does it feel like being some sort of normality? Yeah, it's, it's nice. I think we've, 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 we've sort of fairly consistently been in a, in a sort of working bubble. Um, so, so, you know, uh, if you look beyond these windows, you won't see very many people in the office apart from us. Sure. So we're still very much a working at home business, but we like to sort of maintain our distance. Um, but, I, but I think we, we talked about doing it over teams and we just felt as we were doing this together that being in the office, having a conversation in tandem, this was this was the right way to approach it. Yeah, it feels like old times. Yeah, I must say, I, I, I think we've all just had a complete overload of, of Teams conversations. Um, so it is, it's, it's a different dynamic to, to being in a room. Um, I think John and I come at the world from from slightly different backgrounds and, and different places. It doesn't. It feels like we need to be in different locations as well. Mm-hmm. So um, no, makes yeah. it easier. Um, hopefully, hopefully, adds a bit more to the conversation. Okay. So the the first question to kick off with, obviously, I guess, is what is it that Life Cycle actually do and, and do for the NHS within the NHS? So essentially, MyCycle provide procurement and contract management services to NHS clients. Uh, our focus is, is, is on ensuring day one costs are minimised, but, but increasingly I'm focusing on reducing whole life spend. Chris and I have slightly different approaches to it, where our side of the business people would typically know us for category management um, and providing specific services rather than consultancy. And I think, I think on your side, Chris, it's, it's probably more consultancy more model. consulting services, yes. Um, you know, Bruce, I joined uh, almost two years ago, uh, come from a consulting background, very much focused around diagnostics, so pathology, imaging, um, quite the topic these days. Uh, traditionally, I think my work and my team's work has been focused on improvement at the point of change, big change projects, procurement, networking, consolidation. I think since joining with John and the team, uh, what we've really been looking at is how we take the sector expertise around diagnostics and um, we look at whole life value. So, you know, how do we go beyond just doing the procurement, but looking at how we then manage it, how we support it and how you actually get into the, the longer term delivery and value for that. So it's, for me, it's, it's been a great change. I think the team's enjoying it, and yeah, it, it, it's a good fit for us. What's your actual title, Chris? I'm, I guess I'm director of <laughs> consulting. Uh, I didn't, I didn't realise it was such a hard question. 
<laughs> it's it, it, it us all the time. Um, no, I, I, as I said, we we do operate under um, the lifecycle consultancy services, but it's not a brand that I think we we both operate under lifecycle. It also aligns with our vision of really bringing the businesses closer and closer mm-hmm. together. But no, I'm I'm essentially the head of our consulting team. Um, I like collaborative working. I'm not unnecessarily hierarchical in my in my team, so I don't flaunt titles unnecessarily. And John, can you tell me a little bit about what you do at Lifecycle? Uh, yeah, absolutely. So um, I have um, I've actually been here a bit longer than Chris. So I started um, about 21, 22 years ago uh, when there was just one other person. So it, it was the two of us and I've sort of been with the business ever since, a bit, a bit man and boy. So uh, I've progressed all the way through from administration, account management, uh, you know, some of the audience, particularly around procurement, heads of procurement would have known me through all those different roles where they've been sort of long serving. And now I'm the commercial director. So my focus is on new business, but not just new business in the NHS, it's new sectors, but also on developing the services that we offer to existing clients and making sure that we sort of continue to grow as their needs change. And as the market changes, which it tends to do in NHS procurement. So you're sort of Mr. Life Cycle. You're stitched into the fabric of the company. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I am. It's it's a it's a big thing in our household because my uh, my wife is a finance and HR director, so uh, life cycle is uh, yeah, we live and breathe it. Oh wow. So where at the moment, Lifecycle, how would you say that they are at the moment? What are your key um, what, what are your key concerns within the NHS? What are the key things you're working on? What have been key for you this year in particular at Lifecycle? Within diagnostics, uh, if any of your audience has ever followed pathology over the last five years, is that they've tried to, to really drive um, networking, consolidation, even from before um, STP days. We've throughout been closely involved with that. I think what that has meant is that the formation of, of the, the formalization of ICSs and what's happening around that has been of real interest. Obviously, for, for me operationally, it's interesting. But more importantly, is really the commercial and the um, or the commercial the governance that sits around that, and how it's enabling or putting at risk much broader, I think, or, or much much broader elements of what makes an ICS work. Um, obviously, we do talk about procurement and the impact on procurement a lot. Um, ICSs are they have real potential. I think we see a lot of value in ICSs. Um, personally, I think the idea that we improve where we spend our healthcare money is a really good idea. But there's also challenges in organizations that have traditionally competed or would have had a supplier and um, buyer relationship now need to start collaborating. I think that, that for us is how we fit into that market, how we support that market and how we continue to deliver value in that market is is an interesting challenge here. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd agree with that. I think I think Chris has historically worked on sort of larger, more strategic projects. I think I think my background and, 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 and sort of 
um, based on some of our historical services, you know, the, 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 our activity tends to be operational and transactional. So ICSs will be looked at quite rightly in terms of from a strategic perspective. But I think there's a lot, particularly if you look at the impact on procurement teams over the next 12 to 24 months, collaboration is a big word, but there's a huge amount that's going to require that to work both sort of culturally and in terms of infrastructure and in terms of investment. So if you look at sort of typical headlines, it's focused on investment in the NHS, it's focused on clinical staff, it's focused on new equipment. But I think if you look at the increasing strategic role that procurement plays in the NHS generally and, and, and procurement across, across the board sort of in the private sector, then you need to invest in that area. So I think if you look at ICSs and collaboration working, you've got to invest in you know, I'm not going to call it back office, but, but, but the management and support staff that go along to support the front end services. And, and in terms of what our focus is over the next 12 to 24 months, you know, it would certainly be around collaboration, obviously looking at ICSs and how we can translate the services we deliver at a local level to supporting their move to a regional approach. It's looking at capacity, addressing the backlog, but also sort of demand optimization, which is stuff that Chris can talk about, and then looking at networks generally. So that's that's what we're trying to move towards whilst always aligning it to, 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 to meet the needs of the clients and maintaining sort of BAU that, that, that people use us for today, really. We actually did a, we do a weekly poll on, usually a weekly poll on our on the Twitter account for HSA, uh, which is at HSA Procuring, in case you don't know that. Um, and on the poll this week, it was actually about the ICS restructure. So Simon Stevens have been making some comments on it. Um, and we asked what the key to being integrated care systems is and collaboration. It's still running, but collaboration is 65% out on top. So it certainly seems to be the key word as far as that's concerned. Just something, uh, it's an obvious question to ask, but it's worth asking, even though we've all, you know, we've talked COVID-19 into the dust, obviously, over the last year and, year and a bit, but it's worth, it's worth discussing it. How did it affect your business just quickly during that period? How did it affect your business? And perhaps how did you adapt at all to kind of help with what it was producing? I think I think openly and honestly, it, 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 in all the time I've been here, the last 12 months has been the toughest year for us. And I say that, you know, it, it, I recognise just how tough it's been for our clients. So I'm in no way making yeah. a comparison with them. Yeah. But 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 we are provided to the NHS and our entire client base are NHS customers. So whatever pain our clients feel tends to be cascaded down to us in some way. Sure. And COVID has been really tough for us, but not, but, 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 but I don't just mean uh, in, in terms of opportunity for the business. I mean, in terms of having to make decisions about the kind of business we are and the sure. way in which we want to move forward. So our whole, certainly on my side of the business, everything was looked at, was, was, was typically, everything we do is linked to BAU. So elective surgeries, equipment, assets, maintenance, all right. of those things that are core service. That's almost completely been wiped out and our entire client base is talking about PPE. So what we have to do is sort of strategically, tactically look to say, right, what can we do? But there's a balance, Bruce. What you don't want to do is try to be all things to all people. And you sure. certainly don't want to look like you're jumping on a bandwagon. So we made a decision to let that be managed by the experts. And I know there's other people and other contributors like Matt Orham advising, who did some fantastic work with Stockwatch and, and maybe the actual health guys. So what we decided to do was look at how we could support clients as best we could in the management of the, 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 the sort of core operational activities, managing their contracts, managing their suppliers, making sure that the sort of we kept the wheels oiled as best we could, 
also that they were in the best position possible that when VAU needed to kick back in, everything was there to sort of facilitate it. So yeah, and, and I think we've been successful at that. And we have, and we can get into it. We've, we've looked at other services. We've looked at creating new services to support it, particularly around capacity. So we've tried to think, use this time to really think about who we are as a business and position ourselves going forward. And actually, if I look at the last couple of months, particularly, that, that seems to have worked. It's been a much, much stronger year to the, the, for us to the new financial year than it has been for the last 12 months. So, yeah, I, I think we've, we've come out of it quite strong. I think the, I mean, the, the NHS definitely had a tough time of it. I don't think anybody denies that. But um, I think there's also, for everybody in the NHS that's been working on some quite large projects, networking projects, consolidation projects, large procurement projects, a lot of that was put on the back burner. It, oddly enough, gave us some time to think because we have mostly been involved with these kind of large strategic projects. I've personally uh, quite effectively managed to fill our times by supporting um, NHS Test and Trace. Um, so a part of our team has been working on that, um, uh, applying just some of the diagnostics expertise that we've had. Um, so that's kept us busy. And I think um, now as we're coming out of, out of, kind of hopefully that was the last wave, hopefully we get through a good winter, but it does feel that the combination of a, a Kind of bit of a break from you know projects that's been running, an opportunity to reevaluate those. Um, the renewed focus on on ICSs has meant that that trusts are willing to to listen to new ideas. I think everybody is acutely aware of the backlog. I know we, you know, we've been talking about a lot, and I think I think this conversation inevitably will lead on to what about the backlog. So John mentioned we looked at some some new services. I think what we find interesting is how do we use, how do we use, or how do we work with people to best use the ICS and the new way of buying and the new way of doing to really support that, that backlog reduction. I mean, it's, it's had a great impact. I think one of the lasting legacies of, of COVID, well, I hope it's not the backlog. Um, I sincerely hope it's, it's finding a different way to dealing with that backlog that changes the way that we work together in the NHS, public, private as well? Yeah, I, I think also you've got to look as a private sector business, you've got to look at partnerships more and you've got to, there are things you can be strong at and and and, and, and you can sort of um, forge ahead with. I think in, in, in what it's done is given us some time to look at the market, generally look at partnerships, look at what we can do to support other people, what other people can do to support us. And then your business comes out maybe with a slightly different shape, but with a much stronger Feel. And I think there's a real sense of, of um, enthusiasm for the year ahead and what we might be able to do to support our core clients and also to sort of grow grow the business. So I think like most other businesses, you talked about us being in the office together. It, it, it literally is just us and one other guy, but we've got a target date of is it 24th of June? June, yeah. Yeah, so we're really keen to try and get the business back together. Whether we'll come back full time, I think is debatable. But for us culturally, it's really important that we spend some time in the same building as long as it's sort of safe and, and, and compliant to do so. But that's something I think we're looking forward to. So what's that? Six, eight weeks away, something like that. What else have you got on your main goals list for say the next, well, say for the rest of 2021, for example? What are you, what's, what's your main key areas? Um, I, I think, I think what, one of the primary goals is to continue to grow and develop the business, develop new services, develop the client base. 
I think we are expanding into other areas. So one of the things we've realized is, is, is the, the services we provide, the lessons we've learned from the NHS are transferable to other sectors. So we're talking to universities, we're talking to care homes, we're, we're actually talking to a couple of local authorities, primarily around contract management. So one of the things that we've identified as a business, as an area for growth and probably a focus for us as a business is to not lose the category management specialisms, but not to just limit ourselves to that. So we are looking at all spend across all categories and providing services to either completely outsource that to us or to support clients in managing it. And that will probably be one of the biggest changes uh, or the biggest change for us over the next year. I think slightly outside of, I think, just us and, and our business, and I don't think we'll, we'll solve the problem by ourselves, but there's definitely for me a, a continued and, and increasing focus on come back, coming back to the backlog in ways of dealing with that. I think that the changing, the potential changes in how backlog reduction is funded presents a really interesting opportunity, uh, not just for us as a private business, I think for the healthcare system as a whole. Traditionally, we've been incredibly focused on delivering savings, which is coming from it as a consultant has been difficult. The burden of proof, uh, proving that, that your intervention had that impact um, is challenging at times. I think what the if, if we can find a way in which <clears throat> trusts are funded through um, a reduction backlog, it gives us the opportunity to present new and innovative solutions, whether that be through optimizing existing capacity, through introducing new capacity, um, and it visibly, if we can visibly bring the backlog down, it means that it should be, in theory, easier to share the spoils. Um, so it's much easier to take a business case to any trust to say, if we support bringing your backlog down by 50%, Let's specifically talk about diagnostics, endoscopy, diagnostics, cancer screening. You know, and there's a there's a two or three or five million income from that. You know, and let's talk about a percentage base fee on top of that, which means you're moving into much more of a, a win-win situation. It's also something we know we're not going to solve immediately. You're not selling a product. Yeah. You really have to sell a partnership. You have to show long-term commitment from supplier and from user side. So I won't put it down as, as the objective of achieving that this year, but I think the more we can move into that space, it feels like that is the problem that we need to solve right now. Um, so that's probably the one I'm most interested in. How optimistic are you about the whole delivering capacity element then? I mean, slightly controversially is, is I think there's a lot of capacity in the NHS. Mm -hmm. And, and maybe talk broader, I think there's a lot of capacity in healthcare that we don't use optimally. A lot of our work is on things like demand optimization. So, so how do we select patients into the system better? What are the tools we have that can identify patients that need care more critically, most critically avoid expensive continued or, or, or you know, um, bottlenecks? in the system. I think those are the ones we want to start with. They're not going to solve the problem immediately. Um, they are going to give you those marginal gains, but it is by making the three and the four and the five percent improvements in, in throughput, rather than I think traditionally has been all about the savings to so get the unit cost down. I think now it's about getting the productivity up. There I am optimistic. I think there's a real opportunity. 
I don't think the NHS has all of the expertise. I think we do need to look wider. I, I would say that as, a, as an external provider, but I genuinely believe it. I've worked across private healthcare systems and I don't think they've got everything solved, but there are some things we can learn from it. How about implementing networks? I know that was something that we spoke about having a bit of detail on. Networks are networks are challenging. I, I said earlier that I came from South Africa about eight years ago, and you hear a lot about the NHS if you work in international healthcare, and you do think of it as the NHS as a single organisation. Yeah, um, I think it was fairly quick for me to realise that it is there is a single organisation. I guess in England, NHSE, and then below that is about two hundred completely separate organizations <laughs> yeah. that mostly compete. They're competing for resources, they're competing for staff, they're competing for investment. Yeah. So I think the biggest networking challenge is gonna is gonna be that cultural change. It is gonna be um, accepting or finding a way that you can collaborate. Uh, we use the frame the term collaboration, I think maybe too easily getting the governance right, getting the commercial structures right, getting the enabling services right. And I think that's where it links for us very strongly back to procurement, is how you buy to best service the entire healthcare system versus just your specific patch trust organization is a very different ask. Yeah, I think that's true. And, you know, it starts with a strategy, but at some point it's got to involve the implementation. And uh, that comes right down to having, I, I think one of the challenges you're going to have is, is increasingly looking at having in place the infrastructure to deliver some of the needs that are required to meet the objectives. So that might be staff, that might be systems, that might be expertise. And it's pulling all of that together through what is a huge pool of experience within the NHS and pulling that together to provide a sort of centralised pool, whether that's via TSs or networks or addressing capacity. If you take all the, the themes of the things we've spoken about today, really what it comes down to is aligning all of those. You know, it comes down to aligning all of that, whether it's, uh, you know, looking at value-based procurement or looking at the green paper and implementing that, whatever it is, it's about aligning all those things together and working in unison. And, and I think the focus over the next 12 to 24 months will very much have to be around making sure that is done and done at speed and to some extent done at, obviously at scale, which is which is the whole purpose. But, but I think it's doable. And I think if you look at some of the threads we've talked around in terms of refocusing services, supporting clients, partnerships, I think the public sector and the NHS engaging with partners in order to achieve that could make it could make it extremely successful. Great. Well, um, yeah. I think now, just looking at the, the time we've got on the, on the podcast that's, that's left, uh, would be a good time to let you relax a little bit, having spoken very eloquently about life cycle, and just go into our final, our final where we're gonna we're gonna whisk you away to a desert island for what we call desert island supplies, and find out a little bit about your own personal tastes. The way it works is, if you've not heard it before, is that we ask you to select a luxury item, one album, and one film. And that's all you can take with you. As ever, let's assume there's plenty of fluid and food on the island. We're not gonna let, we're not gonna let you starve out there. But it's really about, I suppose it's about what you're gonna take for your entertainment or what, what's the necessary thing you're gonna take. So maybe I'll start with you first, Chris. What would be your luxury item? 
You only have one. No cheating. Someone no, said, no, 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 no cheating on this one. Um, someone once said I'd take my whole bedroom. Which <laughs> I, I, I allowed simply because I was so shocked and numbed by the cheek of it. It just got pie me. But, but, there were, there, but no more of that. No, <laughs> no, 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 I, I, I think, I mean, I, I think my luxury item will have to be um, my bicycle. Uh, it's my key escape at the moment. I appreciate it on a desert island. Yeah. This I was going to say cycling, cycling on sand is, you're a brave man. <laughs> no, you, 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 it, it takes true skill. Now, interestingly, you say about the, the, the entire bedroom is I suspect my bikes and all the gear with it does take up about the space of a bedroom. Oh, right. I'll let you have it. I'll let you have it. It's fine. <laughs> That'll um, keep me engaged for hours. Okay, and so so when you're obviously absolutely shattered after cycling on sand the whole day, uh, what are you going to relax to? First of all, music, album, or you can pick an artist. And no, um, album, I think one of my kind of go-to has always been Bonavista Social Club. Right, um, okay. I'm yeah. relaxed, um, so fits the mood most definitely. Perfect, I can, I can picture it now next to the... Next to the Campfire. I can see it's only now. And what would you be watching? Uh, that goes in the complete opposite direction. Now, I'm a I'm a sci-fi fan. Uh, do like a bit of classic space movies. So mm -hmm. I'm going to have to go with Star Wars. Um, yeah. Considering you let me cheat on the bike with all the shit and everything included, um, <laughs> I won't go for the full trilogy, which is what I want to do. <laughs> Uh, so I'm, I'm gonna let you have it. I, I, I'm gonna let you have the trilogy. Why not? If I, I can have the fair. original, if yeah, not, the original Empire is probably the one to go for. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's that's like everyone would say. Like everyone as they would should. Say. <laughs> as they should. All right. So I quite like your little. Um, I quite like the little. Um, the, the little home you set up for yourself there, Chris. It sounds. It sounds really. It seems you've got best of all worlds there, John. You had a little bit longer to think about it. Uh, what would the, what would John's luxury item be? Yeah, I feel I should say something like you know a photo of my wife and kids or something <laughs> meaningful like that. But uh, I think you know, which, which clearly I would retain. But I think uh, I think I'm going to say um, I'm going to take a rugby ball, Bruce. Okay. Uh, just I loved rugby as a kid. Uh, mm -hmm. I think I'm going to need to do some exercise on the desert island. You know, yeah. I'm assuming Chris and I, as we've done the podcast together, might be there together. I don't know if that's really <laughs> but, you know, Oh. Uh, that's that's just cheating. I like yeah. it though. Why not? I hadn't thought about that before. <clears throat> so so I, whether we do or not, I think I, I think I'd take. I think nice and simple. I could be. Um, yeah yeah. I think that. that, that how do you play, there. John? How do you play? If it is just you on the desert island, like if you took a football, you know, I, I used to play a man with a football. You kick it up against something, it comes back to you. You make a haphazard goal and take shots, that kind of thing. How do you how do you sort of re try and reproduce rugby on your own? Just, you just try it and then run after it and try and catch it. And I'd just convert two of the palm trees into sort of you know rugby posts and take conversions. You know, you've thought, something along you've those thought, lines. You've thought or, about this before. <laughs> I, I, well, no, I haven't actually, but but or I'd be like Tom Hanks in uh, in uh, Wilson. Yeah, yeah, the, the rugby ball will become my Wilson. Exactly. Yeah, Gilbert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What a great Gilbert, idea. Very good. <laughs> Will Wilson in the film Gilbert on your desert island. There you a go. Little, little face in a little, I think it's top of a pineapple, which is the yeah. hair or something, wasn't it? I think that's great. So what so you you you've you've set up your, your, your rugby 
your rugby posts and, and everything you got involved. What are you listening to while you're practicing your rugby? Yeah, I, I, you know, I, everybody says this, and I've really, I've, I've really struggled with this because I could sort of see different things. But I think where I've landed would have to be Dire Straits. I think right. for me, you know, when I first started listening to music, and when a friend of mine said, "Yeah, listen to this," I just, I've loved it all the way through. Mm -hmm. I hear it now, and, I, and, it, and it's more rare, obviously, but I love it. You know, um, yeah. I think money for nothing. It's got so many fond memories of my sort of teenage years and beyond. Yeah. I think it's fairly timeless. And Mark mm -hmm. is such a fantastic guitarist. So, yeah, that, that's the and, album. And what would you be watching? Uh, Chris is, if he's on the other side of the island somewhere. I've got an idea, maybe you're on the same island, but maybe it's, it's a large island. It's going to take you years to find each other. <laughs> he's, got, <laughs> yeah, he's got his Star Wars box set. I'm just deliberating, particularly now that Chris has said Star Wars. You see, I could I could use this as my um, you know, my coming out as a Trekkie and uh, and try to sort of have that. But I think uh, I think that'll be a bit too embarrassing. We might not be sitting around the yeah. table much longer. No, <laughs> just just to be clear, I've never gone to any conventions or, or, or you know, dressed yeah. up. But um, I think I'd probably take the Great Escape. I think I, I grew up watching our war films. Used to watch yeah. them with my dad, and I, I think you know something in that genre. So I think that is probably you know one, one of the most famous. So something like that, Bruce. That's that's brilliant. Are you sure, you, as your luxury item, you didn't want to take your Spock ears, John? <laughs> See, it started already. You opened the door. See, I'm regretting it already, Bruce. <laughs> uh, John, Chris, it's been a lot of fun having you on the podcast this week. But, you know, hopefully, I, I mean, obviously, I guess you'll be uh, virtually attending the HSA Summer Conference in June. And, you know, hopefully we'll all be able to get together, much like you two guys are there in that big office on your own. But nevertheless, seeing a human being um, when it comes to the winter conference as well in November. But thanks very much for finding the time and, and obviously best of luck for the rest of the year for, for both of you and, and Life Cycle as well. So thank you very much for coming thanks, on. Thanks, Bruce. Cheers, And that's it for this episode of Supply Cast. And I look forward to you listening next week. Thank you.